Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast. We bring you the very best recorded panels, workshops, and seminars concerning role-playing game design and publishing. This has been made possible by the generous contributions of the panel speakers and Double Exposure with their leading game design convention, Metatopia. Episode 105. Help, I'm making my first game. Recorded at Metatopia 2015. Presented by Mark Richardson and John Adamus. Yeah. Alright, you guys. Um, so, at the beginning, profanity warning, just letting you know. Yeah, um, I'm, I have... If, you're, if you have sensitive ears and don't like the F word, the doors are over there. Yeah, I'm really um, sorry. I, I'm not going to oh. fucking stop. Hello! How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Awesome. Right. So, uh... This is help, I'm making my first game. Yes. Sweet! Okay. Uh, if you need to steal more chairs... Uh, good luck. Because yeah. I have no idea. Well, usually there's they, plenty. Well, they wired that well, door. We only need, like, uh, three up here. We only so. need three up Hey, look, the heckler's back. Heckler. Right here. Force him into the back. Yeah. Um, All right. Okay, so. so my name is Mark Richardson from Green Hat Designs. This is... Uh, I'm John Adamus, the writer next door. And we are here to tell you about making your first game, because we are both making our first game in various stages. Yes. So... Um, let's take a, a room survey, because this is my new favorite shitty thing to do. Uh, I'm assuming everybody in here is in some stage of making their thing. That's sort of a prereq for this. So how many people are just in the, I have an idea, but I haven't written anything phase? I'm not going to shame you. I'm just yeah, yeah, trying to take a There's no shaming here. Okay. I mean, the, the shaming the, will happen the in a second. The only shaming will occur between the two of us. I swear the shaming is going to happen in a second. So how many people are in the, I'm writing it down phase? How, pe- no. how many people are in the I've written a hell of a lot and don't know what to do phase? Right. How many people are in the what comes next after I've written everything down phase? Like All right. three of you? Sweet. All right. So we're going to focus this mainly on the hi, you're still writing and making shit phase. Um, that is the technical term. You can quote me on that. Um, so uh, how to get started. So for the few people who are in the I have an idea phase, we're going to break this into thirds. So for those of you who are past the idea phase, just like fucking tweet about this. So um, you have an idea phase. There's nothing wrong with your idea. Nothing. I don't care what it is. Doesn't matter what it is. Uh, It doesn't suck yet. It's your idea. It will reach a point where both you're sick of it and other people are sick of it, but that comes later. So uh, primarily your job in the idea phase is to get the idea out of your head and into some form of media, like hand write it down somewhere, type it somewhere, dictate it somewhere, and then have another copy somewhere. Ideally, you want to have multiple drafts. If, if I have to like spend energy explaining why saving things in multiple places and having multiple drafts is important, perhaps we need to have a special seminar about how to save things. So, Dropbox is your friend. Dropbox is your friend. Thumb drives are your friend. I will start this, and we will revisit this theme a lot have multiple drafts and be able to distinguish your drafts apart here's why when you're when you're writing whatever the hell it is you're writing you're going to have different ideas show up in different drafts you'll you'll start writing you'll you'll be writing a b and c things then all of a sudden after conversing if if you guys need chairs in the back you can come steal these platform chairs that's totally fine Because there's really two of us, and I don't know why they gave us like nine chairs. I'm yeah, get on the so get the hell. What are you doing? Oh, well, hold on, you don't get a chair. You can stand in the corner now. Get a damn chair. Introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Jason Walters. Hello again. Those that just walked over from next door. Uh, I am. Oh, that you were in the wrong room. No, no, we were doing another seminar. Mm. Uh, I am the general manager of uh, Indie Press Revolution, and I'm also the publisher of Hero Games, and I have my own imprint. I print things as well. Through cool. the club, so. He does a lot of stuff. And I've written guys. a fair, fair number of... Oh, just a few things. Yeah. Tiny, small things. So, um, let's see. We're back on the idea phase. So, your, your job is to uh, get the idea out of your head, because if it's in your head, uh, no one's going to know about it. <laughs> it has to be out of your head in order for it to be viable. And when I say viable, I don't mean saleable. And if you start confusing those two, I'm going to throw my empty water bottle at you. It's not empty right now. Well, it will be in a minute. So um, it's not the same thing. Your idea is good, period. Write it down, period.
period, save it, period. Come up with multiple drafts that you're able to distinguish because you'll be writing parts A, B, and C, come up with D, and I'm going to tell you this, and it's going to sound crazy, every time you add a new thing, make a new draft. Disk space is not that bad. Uh, file sizes are small. Thumb drives are cheap. Uh, stockpile your draft so that when you go back through... Uh, later rounds of revision, you can go back and go, God, at some point I wrote this mechanic that does such and such. And you can go back to that draft, cut and paste it, and steal it. Do you need a chair, sir? There's yeah. more. We have a few. We have a few I more. I think it could be fairly said to be true of all writing. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, somebody, get, somebody, get it out of your head and get it down. Yeah, yes, like, get it down. Writing. Get something down on the page. I mean, the other thing to go on, a couple of things you've said. Uh, if you don't tell other people, like you're like, oh, I don't want to share my idea because someone's going to steal it. You're, you're, I'm just going to tell you right now. Here's the thing: if you don't tell anyone about your game, no one will fucking care. No one will ever play it, and you'll never sell it. So, if you're the idea that you're uh, someone's going to steal your idea, here's the thing: is this is game design functionally is like uh, 20% cool idea, 80% implementation and explaining your crazy idea to everyone else. So if someone steals your idea, they still have to implement. It's going to take them probably forever, so don't worry about it. Yeah, there's a lot of great ideas out there, too. There aren't people really lurking, like, lurking around just <laughs> waiting to steal your idea. So, yeah. If you what find them, say? let me know. I'll shame them on Twitter. Just jump in. We're, we're allowed to But, um, yeah, don't, don't think that I have to keep my idea secret. You don't have to keep it secret. If you're excited about it, goddamn share it. As a matter of fact, I would... I would share it as widely as possible. Absolutely. Go on social media and tell everyone all about it. Go on to... I'm, I'm a little out of the loop on this one. I know The Forge is gone. Forge is gone. gone for a while. Uh, so Story game. Dash Games. Yep, Story, story Games. Story games. games. Go, go out there and tell everyone about your wonderful mechanic or idea that, that you've yeah. got. It will, it will not decrease your sales later on. It won't. Oh, it, it will if anything, it will help you. Immensely. Because you will sit there and go, oh, you're the, you're the person who developed... I'm going to make something up. This mechanic here in space. Yeah, I am. Cool. That totally, you know, encouraged me to take it in a different direction. People get very emotionally invested in this, too. Oh, so yeah. If they feel like they were a part of the creation of the game themselves, they're a lot more interested in it than if they just hear about it. Yes, absolutely. So. For starting writing, like, word count can initially seem like your friend, and it isn't, though, in the long run. So, like, when I started writing my first game, Headspace, uh, I was like, okay, I did 1,000 words. Great. I did 1,000 words. Great. I did. Now I'm at 3,000. Now I'm at 6,000. Then it hit about 10. And for six months, it went up and down. Yep. I was I was writing all the time, but my word count was never changing because as a game design, you're changing how things work, not necessarily writing a novel. And so it can, like if you value word count super, super, super much, uh, prepare to be disappointed if that's your only bare, you know, measure. You need to not worry about how long it is. Like a game can be, uh, you know, Epidi Arabical did a game that fits on a business card. It's a great know. game too. Yeah. Um, so your game can be small. It doesn't have to be 200,000 words, you know. Uh, and actually, if you're getting into the realm of 200,000 words, you might really want to pull back in. Yes, um, please. Yes, please. Uh, I'll, I'll, if, since I have spent years publishing the Hero System, maybe I should say but. <laughs> yes, there is a but. There are, there are several a but. buts. There's a so, but. So um, there are those uh, fans who they usually are interested in a few different systems who they really want a lot of words. Um, it's. I would say it is not. It is not most. But the, the only. I mean, they're, everything they're saying is right. But the only exception is, if you're writing for something like the Hero System, where people they like want a 300 page book. Actually, how big can you make a soft right. cover book before the binding just snaps? I mean, the answer is pretty big. Fan that they really love the word count. But 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 if I bought a hero book and it wasn't a phone book, I wouldn't buy it. Well, like I'd be, I'd be like, well, they clearly skipped the whole bloody. System. Actually, actually, you know? we've, we've been we've been working pretty hard in the last three books at releasing things that aren't phone books. Okay. With a fair amount of commercial success yeah. with that. So, so, but but yes, there are. If you get to be known, for example, Steve Long, pretty famous gaming writer, he's written hundreds of books, many for the Hero System. Steve is known for writing completist works, where he exhaustively explores every possible dimension of a topic. So these are you know, three three hundred plus page books. So if you're that person and you're going to build that following, then no, don't do not do that. But most of us are not that person. If you're writing, don't give a shit about word count. That comes later. Don't worry about page count. Don't worry about size of chapters, number of chapters. Get all the idea from here to here 
or here or here or in some way that's not just living in your brain. A really cool tool that I really liked, uh, was it Scrivener, right? Scrivener. Yeah, Scrivener. Has anyone here heard of this? Okay, so basically uh, a lot of people, so what Scrivener does is it's basically a, a program that allows you to sort of almost kind of storyboard out your idea mm-hmm. on cue cards. It's Note basic, cards. Note, card, note cards. Note cards. Sorry. Cue cards. He's so, very sorry. He's so, very sorry. Okay, so yeah, Canadian. so you have note cards and you write them down and you put your ideas together. Well, this is the computer version of that and allows you to sort of chain it together. It, uh, it was really helpful at the early stage of, of because you can like write things and move them around very easily rather than copying and pasting. It, it, it's a nice organizational tool early. You'll move out of it and, and sort of eventually wind up in probably a Word document at some point in time. I hope so. But when it's really early... Um, it, it's a nice place to brainstorm things because you can just shuffle things around and go, I don't know where this goes, and just put it over there for now. Um, if you are a, a... So the website for, for Scrivener is literatureandlatte.com. I know this because I, I just uh, told somebody about it this morning. The other... if you Now, if you are not so um, crunchy a developer, you're more of a guy who needs a... Or a person who needs like a... a big sphery mind map like they teach you in elementary school there's a program called scapple s-c-a-p-p-l-e it's on the same website as scrivener um, and it allows you to make basically remember those charts we used to make as kids where it's like you put a thing in a circle and then draw oh, an arrow and then, yes well Love minus the it's like a brainstorming floor yeah floor yeah chart, yeah so yeah it's a brainstorming chart and it allows you to map out visually like this connects to this connects to this connects to this connects to this and uh, I have found that uh, both fascinating to look at because it's pretty. Look at all the arrows. Look at all my ideas. Look at all this. And it's a nice ego stroke. But it's also a great way to realize, like, oh, it totally everything goes off the rails when I make that left turn and attach this mechanic to something. What's the program, uh, program called? Scapple. S C A P P L E. And the first one was Scrivener, like Bartleby. S C R I V E N E R. You don't get enough Melville references. You don't. <laughs> you don't get enough Melville references. I'm doing the best I can. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, in in the writing process, there are no bad ideas. You've written it. It's it's you haven't tested it. You haven't shown it off. You are you are dumping it out of your head. There are no dumb ideas. It doesn't matter if it works at this stage. You don't care if it works. Your job is to get it out of your brain. If it works, how it works, how you're going to resolve this bit and that bit, that comes after the writing. It is possible, I would say, critical, that you're going to reach a point where you have to stop dicking with it. You just have to stop adding extra bells and whistles and stop reading other people's games and go, I really like that mechanic. i got to put that in my game. Tempting. Yeah, I, it so is super tempting. The number one piece of advice I give to anyone about writing a game is your game does one thing. Yeah. One thing only. Only. And the reason this is very true is when you think of any game that you love, it only really does one thing, but it does it great. Um, Now, it's going to do a couple other things, obviously, but you need to really narrow your focus in on that idea. If your game is about shared consciousness and emotions, every freaking mechanic in your game better tie back to that concept, okay? If... um, you know, if you're you don't need a combat system in your game, if your game doesn't involve combat, um, if you write a role playing game and you have sixty pages on how you kill people with swords and it's a romance in 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 the kingdoms game, yeah. you're writing the wrong fucking game. You know, um, you you can have you have you do not have to have mechanics that are in every game in your game. Yeah, there's uh, no, there's no rule that says I'm making a game, so it must have experience, it must have levels, it must have a GM, it must have. Superpowers. Your game's about whatever the hell your game's about. But if you have a core idea, it's really important to always, like... Reinforce it. Reinforce it. Like, killing your darlings is things that don't tie to that idea. You know? Things that are just extra. Um, And that's... Like, you can use that rule all the way through your whole project. Like, I, you know, cut things out of my game. uh, I change things, I guess. You know? Um, Like, I had... Just as an example. Like, I had health... Yeah. I had health rules in my game. And I always had it. The, the reason health rules are there is because they're in apocalypse world, and so they just always stayed there. People had health; they took damage, right? And then I'm like, my game's all about emotions. All right, well, do I really need health levels? No, fuck it. So I get rid of health levels, and then how do I interpret damage to your emotions? Well, you take emotional damage. All right, check, and then tie that through. So uh, there are. It, it's not necessarily easy, um, but it reinforces the core idea. 
here's my here's my great story. Uh, I, I delight in telling this. So uh, I decided I'm an editor by trade. I edit other people's stuff. I help them make good stuff. So uh, the, it came to me and like I want to make a thing. I, I th- I've, I've worked with enough people. I must know how to do this. So I sit down and I start writing, and I become completely intimidated because all of a sudden now I'm on the other side of the fence. So I start writing and I say, well, I want to make an Apocalypse World game because I really like Apocalypse World as a system. So let me go buy Apocalypse World. Let me go buy Dungeon World because that had just come out at the time. Okay. These games are really popular. Everybody loves these games. They win awards. They get great recognition. All I have to do is clone them. But then just change the elements. I don't, you know, like that's a fantasy game. I'm not telling a fantasy game. So I'm going to take out the fantasy stuff. But I'm going to use the same headings, the same ideas, the same layout, the same structure. Yeah. And, and write this thing. So I, I start doing it, and I'm like, well, the, the second part of Dungeon World is this, so that's what I need to do here, and the second part of this is what I need. And, I, and then I, you flipped that draft to everybody. I did. I sent that draft out. I'm like, I made a thing, you guys. It looks great. And I had somebody read it, and he said, uh, John. It was Leonard, wasn't it? Uh, it was Brian. Oh, Brian. Brian Engard said, John, you don't have wizards in your game. Why is this section called Wizards. <laughs> and I, I, I sat, oh, right, because I was just in this mindset of I'm going to copy. Because if I, you're, if you're, you are not going to have success at all, period, ever, if you just ape what the person on your left does, whomever they might be, or right, or whatever. Your thing is your thing. Oh. Just jump in. Um, so I think, I think it, this is very, this is a lot more emotionally difficult than it sounds. Yes. Because any kind of art is your baby. You, you, you've. You've sweated for this. Show people that are not your friends the game. Oh, yes, please. Often. As often as you can. Because your friends are emotionally invested in you. Right? You have... Uh, and you have common language other people don't know. Every close group of friends, and, you know, gamers by definition tend to cloister in small close groups of friends, has like a weird references and language only they get. You need to get the game in front of people that have no... Invo- like emotional investment in you, that are hopefully intelligent. I mean, you know. Don't, don't pick people at random in the street. Um, though, so, that's a kind of an but, interesting but, thing. But, but, okay, but, but, but find an educated people that can help you that are not your friends so they can give you opinions that have nothing to do with you and just purely about the work. And it's hard to do. It, it's like, you know, because, because people tell you things you don't want to hear. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, one of the things is you're inevitably going to play test your game with friends. And you should because they're an immediate group of people who will give you some feedback on your ideas and all that stuff. But the, it's a big golden rule. Don't surround yourself with sycophants. Um, and because your friends, they're your friends. They're not going, even if they're jerks, they're still not going to give you as meaningful feedback as other people. They're because not going to want to tell you things you don't want to hear because they're your friend. Yeah. Right. And so, like, the first time you run your game for people who don't know you, like at a con, for example, like this con, um, it is probably going to be goddamn terrible awful. Um, as an experience, emotionally, hey, let it emo- be. Em- emotionally, you're going to be a wreck before, and oh, yeah. you will be a wreck after. after. Um, people will say things to you that uh, this you, you have to eventually learn not to take it quite as personally. But uh, you know, as an art thing, like you know, uh, I did I did a very early focus group of my game, and Ken Height was there, and Ken Height said, "Your math doesn't work. This won't work. It's not going to work. Keep going with something. What's next?" And I was like, oh, okay, okay, so we'll stop, we'll stop talking about those dice mechanics, and let's go on to this. And, you know, he was right. Um, some people are not going to pull any punches, and that's the best feedback you can have. I mean, games are better when you hit them. Um, and what you, you know, the phoenix has to explode um, and, it's, you know, the, it, and get reborn from the ashes. It's going to happen. Um, you know, the, you're going to have playtests that... Uh, do weird things, don't do the right thing, people are going to... Uh, all those things. And then, assuming you get your idea survives, you get to a point where you then give your thing to someone else, and they run it, and you're not even in the frickin' room. And that is a really hard part of game design, because uh, there's a lot of games, I think everyone has a bit of an experience of this as a game designer, of playing a game with another designer that's really a lot of fun, and then you get the book and you go home, and you play it with your friends, and it's absolutely nothing like what you did. And the reason is, they didn't translate their thoughts and story and mechanics in the way that you know comes out. Two, two thoughts. So, so, as an amendment to that, at some point, please do publish. Mm-hmm. Yes, so please. I, I have finish. I have met many people, I, and, and the term that I hear used is "broken record guy." 
who who's been sort of grinding away at some homebrew game. That's good. Game. I like that one. For the fantasy, years, the fantasy heartbreaker. The fantasy heartbreaker. Does everyone here know what a fantasy heartbreaker is? Okay, well, we'll t- <laughs> the fantasy John, heart- John Edwards. Yes, term. Yes. The the fantasy Ron Edwards. Ron, Ron Edwards. Edwards. The the fantasy heartbreaker is the game that uh, I also refer to them as Swiss Army games. They are games that have literally every tool in the toolbox, but it's only like yay big, and we never get around to using all of them. But they're the game you slave over for far too long, that tries too hard, that never sees the light of day because you're always adding to it, tinkering to it, making sure it's perfect, because perfect is the enemy of progress, because otherwise you will paralyze yourself with the idea. So a fantasy heartbreaker is the thing that never, it's the great plane that never flies. Perfect is the enemy of good. Yes. Because good enough is what you want. It, you're, you, perfect is what you work for, sure, but you want good. And once it's good, then you keep going, you know? Um, and, yeah. Yeah, because the you trick publish. in this yeah. is that uh, you, you've, uh, as a designer, you've begun to equate perfect with people will like it, and you're not ever going to please everyone, ever, 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 ever. <laughs> so, so what 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 they're saying is extremely true and extremely hard. Yeah, like the idea of you have this thing that really works, but but communicating it through the medium of not play directly because a game designer can't come with every box. Uh, in some games I've seen that were works of genius, a game designer somehow should have come with every box. Because um, I knew they were good, but yet I couldn't, again, at I, home... I, I, I couldn't replicate it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't explain it to my I friends. couldn't explain it. Um, even though I knew the game was, was this amazing thing filled with great ideas, and I'm hesitant to name names. I won kind of... Eh. So, so, so Free Market is a work of genius, but I just can't seem to run it for people. I try. I, I read it, and I'm like, Wow. Man, genius, but I just can't seem to reproduce this experience at home. So um, aim to create an easy-to-reproduce experience as best you can. Again, you're never going to yeah. make everyone happy. Right. It, is, it ends a hard, hard, hard part of game design. Um, the... Shit, you want to avoid the you-had-to-be-there situation. Yeah. Uh, that is often a thing, especially at a convention like this. This convention is brilliant. I love this convention. It's my favorite all year. But it often puts you into a room with people who are very much, you know, the guy who designed the thing. So you might come into my game tomorrow right. or, or later today and you're like, this thing totally works. I can't wait to buy it. And then you get it and you're like, half of that was John's enthusiasm. That made it exciting to sit there and shuffle a deck of note cards. And you had to be there doesn't transfer past you ever because you're never going to be able to convey it in the same way. So what you need to do is you're, it's – going to feel emotionally like you're settling for some second tier tertiary lower experience you're not you're not settling it's not about settling it's about putting out the best thing you can that captures as much of that overlapping awesome cool venn diagram as possible knowing you're never going to get 100 percent. a really good uh thing in terms of the learning to finish mm. uh has anyone here heard of game chef before mm. yeah yeah oh, okay so well i'm asking in the audience more but so apparently not. So game game, game chef. chef game chef is an annual competition. It's kind of like Nano Remo for writing, yes. except it's for game design. Yes. Uh, you go to gamechef.com or to Google Game Chef, and yeah. you'll you'll find it. Uh, it runs in what February? Uh, it varies. It varies. Spring. Anyway, spring. spring, spring, spring. So there'll be one coming up. Uh, the way the way it works is they give you four theme, four ingredients and a theme. Make a game that's less than four thousand words. You have seven days. Um, the, day, the, the way it works is your game won't be good. Everybody knows this. Um, but here's the thing. You'll put some ideas together, you'll make a game that kind of works, and you'll finish it. It teaches you to finish something. The other thing that's really invaluable about it is that when you're done, your game goes to four people, and four people give you their games, yep. that you all have the same parameters to work from, and you read them, and you provide a paragraph of constructive feedback. Um, if you win Game Chef, you get... A, a graphic, like a little PNG file that says you won Game Chef. That's the winner. Okay, no, no, no one gets any prizes and money. Admittedly, usually uh, there's a uh, an English winner and whatever, and there's ultimately an international winner. And frankly, those games, a lot of things that go through Game Chef become uh, are the early ideas that become published games down the road. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a laundry list of them. On a commercial front, before I was aware of Game Chef. I would get uh, things submitted in Indie Press Revolution. I would get these waves of sort of similar games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd go, ah, 
getting a lot of games about Shakespearean literature in yeah. this, this yeah. last couple of months. Like, four, I guess, I guess game designers are getting really interested in Shakespeare. Ha! Huh. Yeah, I guess it's a wave, right? But no, really, it's everyone that participated. Yeah, in that, was the, that was the theme a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, it goes back and turns this into pu- like a publishable product. Yeah. If you see so I got like literally four in like two months. If, if in the next so. one year you see a bunch of things that involve dragonflies and fairies for some strange reason, that's why. Yeah, um, that was last that year. Was last year. Uh, so, and that was the big idea people jumped on. So now here's the other thing that's really nice about Game Chef is you might come up with a really cool idea that... Uh, so I, 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 I wrote a game three years ago for Game Chef. Uh, it was a steaming pile of shit, um, and it was called The Freezer. And in that, there was this idea of shared consciousness, and you shared your skills. And I took that idea, that idea, ripped it out of the steaming pile, and constructed a really interesting game that is now running on Kickstarter. Um, and is funded and is doing great and all this other stuff. Um, so you can sometimes just get a cool idea and then pull it out so all that work for a week especially finishing it you know you end up with something and it's okay but you can have an idea in there that's fantastic yeah th- it's, uh, there used to be this thing at Gen Con which I, I loved and participated in I wrote a truly awful game for it one year that didn't work at all that was called the Ashcan Front anybody remember the Ashcan Front? yes yeah now the Ashcan Front ceased that was Paul Sega's mm-hmm. project with his wife I believe mm-hmm. the Ashcan Front ceased because they got a lot of criticism because people went to them and said you are attempting to sell unfinished, unplay-tested games. It's immoral. You shouldn't do it. But I think, and, and after a while, they kind of, I, I don't know, I can't speak for Paul, but kind of succumbed to this criticism. They did. Like, they well, gave up. They folded. They said, I'm not, I'm not, this is a lot of work, and yeah. everyone's giving me grief. But that wasn't the idea. The idea was you would bring to Gen Con to sell a sort of almost completed product, and you would get pe- you'd play it with people, and they'd, they'd buy it from, usually for a fairly small amount of money. You know, we're not talking like large sums of money to buy these things. They're pretty small. And people would, would, would take them home and send you to their own home gaming groups and send you feedback based on the Ashcan edition, just like a crude Xerox copy, very crude, very primitive edition. It was a way to get this sort of, I don't know what the right term was. It the, got the idea out. It, it got broadcast. the idea out. And this is pre-internet too, right? So no, no, it's, no, not, this it's was not really recent, pre-internet. A couple years but ago. but yeah. anyway, so but Ashcans are kind of getting a resurgence though. Yeah, like, yes, they are. And, and, they're, and they're really useful. Like I thought it, it was a really fantastic idea myself. And, and in fact, I again wrote a steaming pile of dreck yeah. of a game Oh yeah. that nevertheless, uh, you people got idea. back to me about it, and I, I, I did later on use some certain aspects of it for other things. So, so it wasn't an unworthy, in the end, in the end, almost everything is worth trying. So here's, yes. the, thing, here's the thing about Ashcans. So uh, if you're like me, you end up writing a, like a, a big game or whatever. If your game is 50,000 words, hey, that's okay, but if you give me 50,000 words, I am not going to read it or play... I'm not going to play test a 50,000-word game. It is, it is too big for me to soak up. But if you make an Ashcan version, if you make a 20-page, this is the core things about my game, people can pick up 20 pages, leaf through it, get a sense, hey, this sounds interesting, and then play it with their friends. Because it's going to have stuff in it. It's not just going to be 20 pages of wall of text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then that can be really helpful. Like, uh, it's also helpful, like... When if you take to completion with like Kickstarters and stuff like that, you back my Kickstarter. So my Kickstarter Headspace, you back my Kickstarter, and there's a 60-page quick start. It's as small as I could make it because um, uh, it's got graphics. Because it's got graphics and stuff. But so it's 60 pages. It's every moving component of the game there. Here you go. You you have enough to play. It it maybe doesn't have best examples, etc. Uh, etc. Et but you can get together and try this. Um, and then, you know, it also shows you're going to do something, you know, because you've created a thing. On a purely commercial level, um, the, way, the way, as far as writing sheer numbers of words, yeah. uh, at this point, as again, as, as a person that, that worked for a long time, that helped run a company that, that, that made very traditional role-playing games, really. You can't really get more traditional than the hero system. Uh, and now, like, works with very non-traditional, like, role-playing games. Um, you're not necessarily going to get paid a lot more when you, if you're printing your own work, if you're publishing it, for that 200 or 300 page book than that 40 or 50 page, you know, uh, you know, small format book. That's like you're going to be able to charge 20 or 25 dollars for this much smaller book, and if you write a truly monumental tome, maybe you could charge 30 or 35 at this point. So oh yeah, you're I wouldn't pure, go over 35. Don't go over 35. A pure commercial standpoint. You're a lot better off focusing on game design and making something innovative that provides a completely, I say completely unique experience, though that's, 
how much do gamers want a complete singular? How much do gamers want a completely unique experience? It's quasi unique. It's like getting. It's like getting feedback. Like I mean, ultimately, yeah. you're you're trying to. I mean, really, you're trying to design something that other people have fun with. Yeah, fun. Fun. fun is, it's all about fun. Fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Fun is. Fun is. Uh, great and also like the worst goddamn thing in the world because it's incredibly elusive. It's very difficult to define. Um, you know, ask people, did they have fun? Um, engagement. Engagement, engagement is a better word. Yeah, yeah. Is everyone engaged? Because we all have fun in different ways. But if everyone at the table was engaged in what was going on, um, then hey, great. That's certainly a, you're moving in the right direction. Uh, I think after we, we've talked a lot about writing. Uh, We're going past writing now. I was going to hard segue into I was gonna, what comes I, next. I was, yeah, hard segue is editing. Yes. Um, you will hire an editor. Write it down. Underline it. Yeah. Do not you, fight me on this. Yeah. You you will think you can edit your own game. No. Uh, you, you you can't. Okay. You are too close to it. You will you would no. I don't care how long it is or how short it is or if you've waited six months since you last wrote it. You are too close. And that's both a, a literal objective closeness because you will skip words and sentences. There are rare exceptions to what they're yes, saying. Yes, there are exceptions. If, if you are one of these exceptions, you already know that you are that exception. Right. You, you, if you have any doubt about it, you are not that exception. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and if, you're, if you're not sure, uh, talk to me for two seconds. I'll tell you exactly if you are or not. The it, it's really that easy to figure that, out. That answer will be no, right? Yeah, it's, the the answer will be no, no, no matter what happens. But. So you get an editor. Now, uh, the majority of panels I'm doing in this room all day will be about different editorial. It's totally cool. Ah, I didn't know it was on. That's fine. Um, it's about different editorial steps and processes and stuff. But the basic gist of this is the earlier you engage an editor, the different role they're going to have. If you, if you for example, uh, we'll use me because I'm in the room. So if you hire me early, uh, I can help you do what's called developmental editing, which is taking your idea and forming it into a shape. You know, you want to make a game about shared consciousness. Okay, so let's let's get let's add more moving parts. Let's add some components. Let's take some stuff out that sucks, and let's make this what you want. So that the idea on paper, as close as two people can collaboratively make, matches what you had in your head. I do believe the comment that he sent back to me after he did developmental editing was, "Why do you hate your reader?" Yes, there's a whole panel about that Sunday. Um, basically, to hate your reader is to uh, not... Actively work against them. To actively work against them, to make it more difficult for them to play your game. To assume they're stupid, so you over-explain everything like you're talking down to your pet. Or to uh, under-explain everything because, oh, they, they know what I'm talking about. They'll get it. I don't need to like explain why you need to shuffle the cards. They'll, they'll, figure, they'll, they'll see cards and just know to shuffle them. No. No, they won't. Game, game, game is part instruction manual. In yes, you know this, this th is very hard to do well. It is yeah, hard to do well. Oh, oh no, no, like, this is we're not. It's really hard to do well. It's a practice thing. Yeah, and and, and uh, like another piece of general advice, which was given to me by uh, Mark Diaz Truman from Magpie Games, is your first game will not be as good as your second, second game. game. This is very true. It doesn't mean your first game is going to suck, but it will mean the next game you do will probably it will be better because you will learn from all the things that you did. Which is why finishing your first game is really important. Because then you can start working on <laughs> your, your next second game. game. And so on and so forth. Everything uh, you do will teach you something in the process. Game design has a game design is like this multi uh, person tool. You 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 know, you get to this point, then you have to start like, okay, I wanna have art, I wanna have an editor, I wanna have a layout. A layout, I wanna have a Kickstarter. Uh, there's a lot of skill sets you're gonna have to learn that you may not necessarily be comfortable with. Um, one big thing is uh, you are probably going to hire some freelance people to help get your thing out the door, be it editor, writer, art. Pay your fucking people. Yes, okay? yes. Yeah, I, I have to second that. And, and another thing that's... If you're going to self-publish, and you're going to do this, you're going to hire an editor, a layout person, artist, it, there is a weird learning curve to writing contracts. Yeah. You're going to end up writing contracts. Um, I, have, contracts, have contracts. Have contracts. Yeah, don't, don't do handshake yeah. things. Have, have contracts. contracts. Follow up on your end. Make the contract simple. For the, I think for most of us, most of the projects we're talking about, resist the temptation to insert legalese you don't understand yourself unless you hire a lawyer to create some sort of form thing. Yes. So yeah, we were lucky at, at Hero, for example, because Steve Long is a lawyer. Yeah. So, so we had so, a lawyer on staff because he was the guy writing everything. But most of us don't have that. 
Um, a lot so, of times you can get a boilerplate from people. Like, if you go to John and he's an yeah, editor, you can now, be like, I hey, have, can you give me a generic I have a blank time? contract for editing. And all I do is I just fill in, like, your name, my name, what we're doing, and how we're doing it. If you get the other person to do that work for you. Yeah, yeah it, it's great. The purpose, <laughs> the purpose of a contract, and this is why it's really important, is you're, uh, at the scale that you are at, you are not going to sue anyone because they screw you. If they screw you, you're actually just screwed, okay? But the, here's the thing is, the point of a contract... Um, the point of a contract is that everyone, the two parties are clear about what they're doing and when they're doing it for so that they know and you know when they haven't done what they're doing. And don't, you know? don't be the person that screws people. Yeah. Because so word travels really, quickly. There's really only this is a, small, a, a certain number of thousands of us yeah. in the world and a lot of us know each other. This is a really, really, really so, small industry. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, and most of it is in this hotel. Okay. Yes. Um, So here's the thing is, other than the fact that if this hotel suddenly collapsed, gaming would never be the same. Um, uh, uh, It would also affect the town, you know. Yeah. The key thing thing is that people talk. We are a chatty bunch. Um, If you do great work, um, like if I hired one of you as a writer to do a, like a chapter on my book, and I was like, yeah, uh, I asked for this thing. The words were fantastic. I got it on time. It was great. I talk to all my designer friends. That's how you get work. If you're a freelance writer, it is through word of mouth. If you are six fucking weeks late, um, all I do is I put a little asterisk next to your name, and if I'm in a conversation with anybody and your name comes up, I say don't fucking hire that person. It's very, you know? it's very easy to turn your, your name to mud, even on other levels of yeah. it. I, I'm in charge quarterly of paying people for three different companies. Right, it's quarterly percentages of this or fractions of that for IPR and and here I was a lot of third party publishers that sell through the website and I send them money and, and I have another thing I do where I send other people money. I really worry about this a lot. I worry about the reports. I worry about the checks and PayPal things getting there, because if I screw it up, my name is mud, and yeah. it's time to change careers. Yeah, all, all of a sudden, anymore. all of a sudden you're the publisher who didn't pay me or yeah. in distributor or whatever or whatever, whatever, whatever level you're you are. On, right? yeah. You're the guy that that crushed everyone's dreams and stole their money. So and and be it, very very and careful. it flips the same way. Like in the same yeah. way that you you know pay like you know you want to get paid. If I if, if if you go to a publisher and they don't pay you, like word gets around really quick, and several people like we all know companies are like, yeah, you can work for them, but you will probably get paid in a year, if so, at all. If at all. Uh, one thing I would generally yes, say, like is for the stories. for the for the scale that we're at here, uh, what I generally do for ninety percent of all my contracts is. Uh, first of all, don't do pay on publication. It's terrible, and no one should ever work for that. No, um, never. But underline it. I slightly disagree. Okay, that's fine. There's, so, so if you're doing, if you're paying someone to help you with a with a Kickstarter project, this is what I do, anyhow. So you're doing a you're doing a Kickstarter project. You've got a game going. Incrementally pay. Yeah. So so when when, right? when when we had our goals and the pro- project is successful, you get X. When the manuscript or editing or artwork is turned in, you know, uh, you get Y. When we take it to market and the first copies go to anywhere yeah. to anyone, you get Z. So, so I would disagree. Okay, so don't split, split uh, it up. Some. Yeah, if, I was. What I was going to say. Don't wholly pay on publication. Uh, generally, like what I do, because most of my contracts for art, writing, editing are say five hundred dollars or less. Is I pay fifty percent up front, uh, and then fifty percent upon completion. Sure. Yeah. Um, like that. If I've had a contract, I've had one contract for art that was more like seven fifty, and frankly, I just didn't have all that money right then. So I said, uh, every two months, you're going to give me this, and I'm going to give you two hundred bucks. You know. And went through it that way. Um, it's good to have that, uh, you know, it, because at, frankly, at that point, like even if you do get screwed, you didn't give them all your money. Um, and this is the thing: you're, you're probably not going to get screwed. Uh, work with people, find out who to work with. Yeah. Um, you can find like this is a great place. Like if you know you're writing a thing and you're moving towards things, like talk to other people who have written games, and they'll tell you writers that are great, editors that are great, artists that are good to work for. It, it, um, this knowledge is fairly, fairly widely available. Yeah, and, and everyone's and, happy to promote a friend and, who did great work. And, and I would, I would also say, if you get mixed feedback, like somebody saying, "Yes, you should totally work with this person," somebody else says, "No, they screwed me," just go with the no. Because, because you might be the mixed, you might be the mixed part. Maybe with some people, they financially it goes really well, and maybe with yeah. others, not so much. Yeah. Assume you're going to be the not so much, and and don't don't, don't do that thing. Don't go there. What's next on our list? Next on my list, and I swear I will get he, to. He your actually question. made a list. Oh wait, we have a question. Well, I- 
Sorry. Yeah, does anyone have any questions? Because that, frankly, we can talk forever on this stuff. Well, I was going to say, what if you're starting out, so you don't have early capital to start paying people? Like, right. I, come, I freelance three years as a writer editor, so I believe in getting paid, and so therefore paying people. What if you know you're working with a group of people doing it as, like, they get shares in a company or something? No. Burn no, it with fire. No. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would advise against it. Okay. Only because now I'm contingent on that company succeeding. And that is bigger than just my project. And, and yeah, I, 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 artists, artists paid with exposure died from exposure. I'm the, you know? I'm the odor of the, <laughs> that's good. I'm the odor of, of the shattered remnants of a publishing company that collapsed six months ago. That, pu that published literally a hundred books. Not Hero, by the way. Something else. Something that I was working it's, on with two other people. Uh, and it completely fell apart. And a lot of it was over these sorts of, well, if you work on this book, you know, you won't, you, you know, you won't get paid, but your share of the company, and this, that, and the other thing, and. I would I would keep it very black and white. I would pay yeah. pay people and and I, to 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 save the remnants of this company and not screw a bunch of people. Um, I had to sort of take out a loan and start another start another business, another corporation to own the intellectual property. The first thing I did was say, you know what, I'm going to own 55 percent of this. So even if I do choose to release stock for some reason, I'm undisputedly the one running, and everyone will understand that. So so be very careful about that. I cannot pay my phone bill with shares in your company. I have really tried to ask Verizon to take hugs, love, and my appreciation, but yet they still want me to write a check. Conversely, to protect you, I have shares in your company, and I turn out to be a lunatic. And now you need to listen to me all the time. time. Yeah. So, it, so, generally speaking, and also, like, a lot of times, like, um, you know, there's variable amounts that you're going to pay people. Uh, like, writers generally make between... Four uh, and six. Four and six, yeah, I was going to say two to five, but, oh. um, yeah, well, that's the difference. Writers get paid, too. Yeah, writers get paid, too. Artists get paid. Everybody gets paid. It does, it's, it's, you're, if you're going to make a thing to the end, it's going to cost you some money. Um, if you have a lot of expenses, uh, you can, well, do what I did. I spread it over a couple of years, and I hired some writers here and there, like 150 there, 150 there, and they worked on a chapter, and then I brought it into my text. Uh, the other thing is, you know, you soak all that, you budget all that out into your Kickstarter, and, and then you go, okay, I need all this money, and that's where it's going to go. And yeah. that's why people Kickstarter things. There, um, are, there are a few people out there who, who can be sort of, you know, William Blake. There are a few. There are a few people in, in storytelling gaming, for example, that can do their own artwork, do their own layout, write their own game, design their own game, do everything. Um, Avery, Avery McNaldo, yes, was a great creator of Monster Hearts, is is like a, she's like a William Blake figure. She can do all this. She produce it all. In fact, I I, I hired her to do a couple projects. I, I gave away for promotional purposes at, at Origins and Gen Con a couple of years ago, and yeah, I saw those. yeah, and and I said I'd like you know she said um I think I'd like to do a game like this because we just made out like a hundred of each yeah. and gave them out to Games on Demand and stuff like that. Sold the sold the leftovers through IPR, and she's well I think I'll make a game like this. And I said great. How much will that cost? Give me X amount of money, and I got a box of them. That's in result. She yeah. did everything. That's a great thing to be. If you can be that person, I can't. I, yeah. I can't do it. Oh, if God, you, no. if heavily, you can be that person, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I like, encourage it. Like heavily, heavily lean on the skill sets you have. If you're a really good writer, then the great thing about that is good news. You don't have to hire a lot of writers. Uh, I am not a great writer. Like I'm okay. I'm a good designer, but I'm not a great writer. I, I And... More to the point, no one's going to pay to read my prose, but you know what? They'll pay to read Brian Angard's. Um, so I hired him to write really cool cyberpunk stuff about technology. Um, but I do have graphic design background and cartography background, so uh, all of my settings have maps because it doesn't cost me anything other than my time. Um, and I'm going to probably do the layout for my book uh, because I can do that. So you know, you can soak up costs in things that you're good at, um, and then relay, okay, so if I'm a really good writer, then you're probably going to have to, you know, hire uh, somebody who's a good graphic designer to do layout for you. Um, it's, you know, uh, you know uh, like, same thing with artists. Like, there's, uh, and the thing is, is it, you know, you work within the budget you have. Like, you know, you're probably, you know, for your first project, are not necessarily going to hire the guy who wants, the, the artist who wants $1,000 a piece, you know, um, because you will get screwed. Can we talk about art for a minute? Yes, sure. we absolutely can. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, it's a complicated there's a lot of ethics involved. So um, you can get a good like like a truly quasi or fully professional cover. Prices can range from anywhere from four hundred to two thousand mm -hmm. um, dollars. 
Interior, black and white line drawings and stuff. Uh, prices vary so wildly. I don't even want to speculate what. Well, the speculation I've generally, the the speculation I've kind of heard is like a, a full page Keller piece inside the book would be like five hundred. Uh, there's all variations, but some people have bigger budgets than me. yeah, exactly yes. right. So and that's the thing, um, right? Um, but 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 speaking of the you know, speaking of the ethics of it, a lot of artists will work for prac. And I'm not advising this. I'm just warning you because you'll encounter. Will work for practically nothing, just for the chance of getting paid something and getting their artwork in something. B, B what is the thing with Keats about treading on my dreams? Was mm -hmm. it Keats? Or you know, I tread my dreams before you. That's Keats. Be, yeah. Keats, be careful because you tread upon them. Be careful. Tread, tread lightly. Try to pay as fairly as you can, because because there's and because I've been on, I've been on the dark side of this too. You don't know? don't let somebody work for even if somebody yeah. even if you have a friend who's an artist and he's like. You don't have to pay me. And it, pay them. It was always a huge you know, temptation because they need to respect their themselves. Like especially new people, they were like, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, no. Seriously, don't do it for exposure. Like, um, it, 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 you know, exactly. Like the exposure dollars thing. Yeah. You know, I'd like to pay. I'd like to buy my ice cream with exposure bucks. You know, you can't. So, um, so try hard to to get as close to to paying well as as you can. And, and, and admit it won't be possible. Yeah. So like, you, but you yeah. can get like you know you can get like say spot art, which is like you know maybe about that big, black and white. Pretty easily, like I, you know, twenty twenty five bucks yeah. a piece. Yeah, 20, so so 25. So you know, like uh, I want to have six drawings of people flipping out with emotions. So twenty bucks times six, one hundred and twenty. I'm working with the same artist. Maybe he trims it down to a hundred. But then I say, hey, well, we're keep doing this, so we're going to do a whole bunch of art. So I mean, that's the thing. You can negotiate with these people, and but you know, you can you know, twenty dollars isn't an insane amount of money. And, you know, and well, it is. It's insanely low. Yeah, it's insanely low. Though a yes. lot, of, a lot of your black and white sort of line drawing artists. Uh, I've got a buddy who's an artist who, when we sit at the bar in the small Nevada town I live in, he just draws. He cranks out very reasonable sketches once every five to ten minutes. So there are some people out there that 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 can do machines. Yeah, do They're just yeah, machines yeah. of this magic. But but pay, try to pay up a bit with these sort of black and white line drawings rather than down, because people will really appreciate it, and that will pay off in the, in the long run. You're going to have groups of artists who want to work with you, who will say, "Hey, you guys, you know, you got a project going on right now." They'll, it, it's. I think I would I would add that extra five dollars. Yeah. I wouldn't let them discount you down if you can possibly avoid it. Maybe you can. You know. Yeah. Maybe. But anyway, I'm just. Yeah. You know. It's, you're not wrong. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. If, if you can, maybe give them that extra five the, bucks. The element bucks. here, bigger than art, because art is art is sorcery to me. Uh, the element here is that uh, as a everybody. yeah as a developer, uh, your paramount skill more than the writing, more than the lie, is the ability to communicate to other people. Because you're doing it in the text, you're, you're communicating your idea in the in the thing you're making, but it's also your ability to communicate to your freelancers, and then the ability to communicate to your potential audience. And the ability to communicate to other designers who will ask you, hey, how's that cool thing going? And the less smoke you have to hide behind and the less shame you feel about it, the better off everybody is in this whole conversation. There's nothing wrong with saying, uh, well, where's your game, John? Oh, well, I have no more money. So it's, it's, it's hanging out. We can play it. It's just going to, you're going to play it off some Word documents because I have no more money. Yeah, like, I, I've had some weird experiences with, like, you know, you hire a writer, and you're like, I want you to write, like, 3,000 words, which isn't a hell of a lot, but it's, like, you know, a setting and a thing. Yeah. And I wrote 4,500 in guidance. But, now, it sounds funny, but the thing is, the 4,500 was structural, it's information about how I want this to be, and you're telling them exactly what they, what you want to have, you know? Like, if, if it, I mean, you can have conversations with certain people, uh, like, when I talked to Brian Engard, I was like, I want you to talk about... Uh, cyberpunk technology with these following headings like you know for 7,000 words and he's like I love cyberpunk this is like porn for me and I'm like I'm slightly concerned but I gave <laughs> but I gave him like literally you 200 words of guidance and I was because I trusted him a lot and I know, know his writing and I know that he would just go quite crazy you know and he did but, you know, and that was a rare exception. Like, a lot of times you give a lot of guidance. Uh, like, art guidance is the same thing. If you're hiring an artist, you want to communicate to them uh, what you want to do. One of the best things, it's really lame, um, but what I did for art in my game is I sketched out the world's ugliest thing. Um, but it gave initial, like, I put, like, I had literally stickmen with a sword and stuff, and I'm like, I want a sun here and a burning car here. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and it was Not at all. And yeah. it's great, and it's helpful. I scanned it in, and then I gave, like, uh, basically, the way I did art guidance is I, I 
collected images of cool shit that was the theme I wanted, as well including colors and graphic effects. So I put that in a Pinterest thing. Pinterest is great. Pinterest. 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 There's only that many syllables. Whatever. So, <laughs> so, so Pinterest is a great way of when you're working on your project, start downloading art and putting it in there and just build it up over time. And then you'll have a whole bunch of guidance later down the road. Yeah, also, if you're, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's extremely helpful. I'm a professional illustrator and animator. Okay. Um, I have an idea for a game as well, and I'm doing my own illustrations. And it's, it's extremely helpful working with clients when they do give us little sketches and, oh, yeah. and things and Pinterest boards and everything like that. It makes the co the conversation and so I, much I, like I have, uh, I have a before and after. I threw it on my Google Plus for my community for my game, and it's like my shitty-ass like guy with a sword like this, and it's like he has slightly spiky hair, and there's a wall behind him, and shit. It looked terrible, right? Like, I was like, did a three-year-old just do that? You know, and then I see the piece that I got, and it's, it is, like, it's amazing, but it is the character with a glowing sword and all that stuff, you know, in the same stance I drew, you know. On, and on, on the same note, a lot of artists can work with simple descriptions. If you go through the manuscript and you're like, okay, in this section that's about this thing, mm -hmm. uh... You, there's there's a lot of terminology like like vertical quarter page you know horizontal half page and you know, I want I want a horizontal half page and give a paragraph you're like I want it to look like this it's the guy with the sword he has yeah. spiky hair he's standing on a hill there's bullet there's, points are your friend yeah G give them a description yeah most artists can run with that um, conversely if you're having a truly expensive piece of artwork done and I'll illustrate an example uh, from Heroes History on this. And you want it to be like something, like this. Like, you give them the description, you're like, and I really want it to look like this. In this case, it was the copy of that, that Queen album, that we are the champions of, with the, the giant robot with Freddie Mercury sort of thing. So we did this product where uh, the, 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 uh, the person that was coordinating the whole book at the time, which was actually Darren Watts, who's here, went to an artist and said, I, I really want it to look like the cover of this, of this Queen album and have the hand with a giant robot and all the, the characters in the Champions universe sort of falling out of the hand just like in that. But he didn't actually send a copy of the picture of that album to the artist. And the artist never went and looked. He said, oh yeah, a giant robot and uh, yeah, some people with a hand coming off the hands. So be really specific. If you want to tell an artist, make it look like this. Like, email them a copy of the image. Send them a copy of the image. Really be specific. There's I, 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 a good example. It wasn't a bad cover, by the yeah, way. It just didn't look like the thing. A good example that Jason did for one of his things was there's the very classic Shadowrun cover with the people doing a robbery and they're wearing scantily clad. It's very 80s, you know? Um, and he did a cyberpunk expansion for one of his games and he took that piece of art and he said, I want this, but I want it with our sensibilities in terms of gender neutrality, uh, not skimpy-ass clothing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, un-80s it, you know? Um, and but it was, yes. and, 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 and add zombies. So they're shooting zombies instead of other people. And that's, but by giving that one piece, you have that total image, and, and that's amazing guidance. Um, that sidebar is into an interesting but very relevant topic. Oh, yes, which so, is in terms of... Gentlemen, women like role-playing games, too. Yes, please. So Sign them up. It's a, good thing yes. to, it's a good thing to not have a cover that immediately alienates... Half of your clientele. Yeah. Half, the, half well, the population. Well, based on the demographics of sales and interest, especially in storytelling games, yeah. it may be significantly more than half. There's a lot of theory behind this, and a lot of you have heard it. I'm not going to bore you with it, but definitely there's a certain, there's a certain experience, and I'm grossly generalizing here. Um, there's a certain experience that's provided by specifically sort of storytelling games, and maybe role-playing games in general. I can't really judge. That, that the experience, as a lot of you know, is not provided by video games. It's a whole different experience. Um, and it does seem, and again, I'm grossly generalizing, that, that a lot of women don't derive a lot of emotional, like the same emotional satisfaction out of the video games. Like that, that thing is, is uh, tripping over myself here. That thing seems to satisfy men's gaming needs. Again, I'm grossly generalizing. More women need a bit more creativity and freedom, and role-playing games really provide that experience in a better way, like tabletop role-playing games. I really... Le le I, I don't want to descend into talks about gameism and narrativism. No, but I mean, like, one, as a really good so, example, in terms of, like, I saw this specifically called out on, on a podcast the other day, that, where they were talking about, they were, it was like a, a Kickstarter review of all various RPGs that were going on, and I was, like, waiting for mine, because I knew it was on there. 
The one before me, I can't remember what the name of the game, but uh, it was a woman and a man who were hosting this, and she specifically called out the very, you know, scan. Oh, and there was a bunch of scantily clad yep. women in this, and blah 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 blah. And they went off in this whole thing, and I'm like, I wasn't like I heard that, and I was like, yeah, yeah, all right, you know, I didn't even click on the link then, you know. So, so you don't don't alienate what might be the biggest growth segment within like role playing game books. Yeah. Um, now, I'm, I'm not saying that they, they cover. I, oh, sorry, go right ahead. I, this is a bit of a tangent back to like a half hour ago. That's all right. Okay. Um, so we're designers, all we do is tangents. Um, so I, just because we're running fairly sure. yeah. close yeah, you got to the end. Three minutes. Um, so going back to what you were talking about, about playtesting. Yes. Kind of like when you're in the weeds. Yes. Um, and you're, you know, you've got um, your friends saying, you playtest with your friends, like sure. you say, and they like the version of the mm -hmm. game. Right. But, you know, you, it doesn't, it's not, like, near final. And then you play test it with people who aren't your friends, uh, who are professional game designers, and they shoot it down. Right. And, you know, then you've got, like, each game designer has, let's say you have five different game designers, they have five different ideas or 20 different ideas for different directions that you could take the game. Mm -hmm. um, then... Kind of. What do you do then? Well, you're still because making your. You're, you're still it's making your game. Your game. You're, you're you. Well, you no, decide I, what's relevant. Right. But what the sounds thing intelligent. Is, right. But Listen. you kind of made the. Um, I guess the question is, I should go back to my notes, but basically, um, like you were sort of saying, you can't please everyone. Correct. Oh yeah, totally. And so. There's a tension in those things because you're not really sure which of the people you're getting advice from is the people that you do want to please. So a you don't want you want to please you, period. Well, okay. So here's you, a here. I'll, I'll give you a couple things that maybe help on this. So 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 you're trying if to you're, please, your, please yourself plus. Yes. Yes. That's well said. That's well yes. Said. That's yeah. exactly. So it. some things that will are, are helpful is like for if you're if you're playtesting some things at this at this convention, you know. Uh, some people's advice is more valuable than others. When Fred Hicks, co-owner of Evil Hat, comments to you about a specific thing, especially if you're doing a fake game, listen to whatever the fuck comes out of his mouth. You know, <laughs> write it down. Because he's probably right, almost 90% right. Yeah. You know? Fred, Fred's objectively good at all this. So, so one thing that's really, really helpful, and I can't stress this enough, if you so much as focus group or playtest anything at this convention, download the shittiest app on your phone that records something and record everything. Put it down in the middle of the table. If anyone has a criminal record and they don't want it, they don't play it. That's their business. But record it. And the reason is you will go home because you're going to miss stuff during the game. You're going to write stuff down. You're going to miss things. Um, yes. I recorded things at, at, at conventions I've gone to, and on the plane home I listened to them, and I've listened to them again and again. Um, if, especially if you, go with, if you do a high test here where you get other game designers, um, you're going to end up in a situation where, like, Ken Height and Fred Hicks are talking shop about your game concept next to two other people who are talking about it, and they, they, they just drop some nugget of idea. And you're like, wow, that's like, that solves this whole problem, you know? Um, so that's really helpful. Um, so, yeah, record things. Um, if you're worried about play... Sorry. Yeah? Actually, I just wanted to give Guy in the Black Jacket also a nugget of advice. Do it. Yes. This is trash, and I don't care who tells you it. If you find something where you're like, that does not jive with my original idea, trash it. I don't care if Ken Height told it. No, exactly, and that's the thing. Not every, not everybody is always like you're going to have a vision Ken about your idea. Snarky sense of humor. Yeah, he does. It's delightful. You're, you're, you're going to have a vision for your game, okay? So, uh, and not everything is going to line up with that. Um, you're going to get advice and feedback sometimes where you know y you are going to have this exact dialogue in your head. That is not my game. It's an interesting idea, but it's not my game. Like, somebody was like, uh, I don't like how your game has really hoity-toity stuff about uh, if you die in the scene, you just die. I'm like, but I don't want death to be a big thing in my game, so that's why it's not there. So, your idea is fine for the game that you're making, but this is my game, so fuck off. Now, you don't say that to them, but, you know, the, uh, you, when you're, well, maybe, yeah. So, but the thing is, is when you're, when you're working on stuff, you're going to come up with things like, this is where I want it to go. Um, sometimes game designers are going to give you advice where if it aligns with what you're trying to do, that's the real golden nugget, you know. Um, some people, like Ken Height, are great for pointing out things that just don't work. 
Um, uh, and uh, some people are really mean about it. But, um, yeah. I know we're out of time, but I want to give you a Twitter. Sure. sure. You can uh, follow me on Twitter. I love Twitter followers. Uh, I'm your ego at, loves. Uh, oh, yeah, it does. Uh, at awesome, A-W-E-S-O-M-E <laughs> underscore J-O-H-N. You need the underscore because otherwise it's a weird finish, kid. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I am at slave to the hat. It has a very long story. Um, and uh, I am currently running my uh, Headspace Kickstarter. Yep. It's, you go to Headspace on Kickstarter or HeadspaceRPG.com. Um, it's doing quite well. I'm at 14500 I've funded in Good 11 hours. Um, and I'm finishing up on November 15th. So uh, go check it out. Sorry? 2015. Yes. <laughs> yes. 20, 2015. <laughs> it's finishing then. One last comment. Don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Like, oh, totally. Don't don't have a if you have to have a beautiful failure that people that, that that people look at this game and this is especially true for the story gaming crowd. They go, wow, that had some really great ideas in it. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't let that paralyze you. Don't let it stop you. Yeah. 